things that happens a lot when you're driving around a lot, especially if you're taking uh, trips during the summer, is that you need to often find a rest stop. And a lot of times the only place to find a rest stop is in a non-kosher restaurant. So I want to discuss the halachic issues of entering a non-kosher restaurant, whether it be to go to the bathroom in a non-kosher restaurant or whether it be to do business, which is something that's probably going to come up a lot more often in your lives in the future. For those who, uh, who go into business, uh, very often a person is taken out to a restaurant. So what are the issues in terms of just entering the place as far as the, from Maris Ayin concerned? When I was a kid, we were always told the classic example of Maris Ayin is a person goes into a McDonald's with a yarmulke on their head. So it's very, very likely that that is not a violation of Maris Ayin because everyone sees a Jew, that go, anyone who sees a Jew with a yarmulke on his head and uh, sits is hanging out, walk into a McDonald's, uh, knows that he just needs to use the bathroom. No one is going to think for a moment, oh, that guy is probably going to order a cheeseburger, and therefore either I must be allowed to order a cheeseburger also, or that, that guy is a terrible Russia who's about to violate Isurim Daraisa. So chances are most people realize you're going to use the bathroom. So it's important to realize when we talk about going into non-kosher restaurants, there are different types. There's going into a place that's so obviously and plainly not kosher, like a McDonald's at a rest stop. I'm not picking up McDonald's, any of them, Burger King or anything, whatever, at a, uh, at a, at a, at a random rest stop in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania or something. Then there's going into a restaurant that doesn't have ashkacha, but there may be Jews who are nominally from who may think that it's okay to eat at those restaurants even though they don't have ashkacha. It's only dairy, you could order fish, you know, different kinds of, uh, of things that you sometimes... Vegan, it's a vegan restaurant, what could be wrong with a vegan? And things like that. And then there's a third category where you go into a restaurant that does have ashkacha and it has a questionable ashkacha or, an, or, or ashkacha that's insufficient, that doesn't do a sufficient job in seeing to it that everything there is actually kosher. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. What's the reason that it's usher to do something that, that looks bad? You're, not go, you're just going to use the bathroom, but you're going into one of these types of restaurants. What will be the problem with doing something that will cause people to think that you're doing something wrong? So three possibilities. One is the Gemara increases stuff, Chafal Bey's tells us that if even though, technically speaking, one is allowed to eat the dam of fish, Dam dagim is mutter. But if you gather the dam of fish in a bowl, you're not allowed to then drink it because then it will look just like dam behema. And, uh, we, and people are going to think, Rashi says, Varoa omer, mutter lechal dam. People will think, they're going to see you eating this little bowl of blood. They're going to think, oh, must be mutter to eat blood. So reason number one that Marisayin Chashad Arasar is because people will think that what they assume you are doing is mutter. So you walk into the restaurant, people might assume you're ordering there, and they therefore will think it's mutter for them to do the same. The second possibility is what Rav Moshe writes in the Chuvan or Chaim Chalukesim Mem, is what we would normally call Chashad and not Maris Ha'ayin. That's based on the Gemara in Shabbos of Samach Dalar and Beis. The Gemara tells us that anything that's asking me Shemaris Ha'ayin, you're not even allowed to do privately. And Rashi over there writes, Shaloyach that not that people are going to learn from you and they're going to say, oh, it must be mutter to eat blood, it must be mutter to have a cheeseburger. But people are going to think that you're a terrible guy and it's a violation of the Yisim Nikiyim. A person is supposed to 
be beyond reproach. He should not put himself in a position where other people think that he's a terrible person. A lot of times people go around with the attitude, I don't care what other people think of me. I know that I'm doing the right thing. Well, the halacha is we do care what other people think of us. And if other people, if we're causing other people to think we're doing something terrible, then that's pretty terrible. In fact, the Avos Rabbi Nassim Parak Beis relates it to Yichud, our topic of the summer. The Avos Rabbi Nassim writes, Mikan Omra al Yisyachir Adam im Kol HaNashim B'Punduk Afilu im Achosovi im Bito Mipnei Das Habrios Mipnei Das Habrios that a person shouldn't even have yichud with people that it's mutter have yichud with because of the das habrios. So how's it going to look to other people? Don't talk with uh, women in the uh, in the market, even with your own wife. If not, everyone's going to realize that it's your wife, and people are going to think that you're just um, hanging out with, uh, with with random women. You know, when uh, when when my mother sees me on Central Avenue. You. She, uh, she, she doesn't give me a kiss when she sees me on social media. I don't want everyone to see me giving the rabbi a kiss. I, I, I think people will realize that it's my mother. But, you know, she, it's, it's a, that, that's a, the Elvis Rabbi Nassim says, that uh, they should try to, be, try to be machmir in public because then people are going to think that you're doing something wrong. A third possibility is, say, for Hasidim and Simon Mandal, it says, it's not that they're going to learn from you, nor is it that just that they're going to they're, they're gonna think you're doing something wrong. It's that you're being machshil them in being choshed b'ksherim. You're kosher, you're not doing anything wrong. But you're being machshil them to think you're doing something wrong, and that's a violation of choshed b'ksherim. So it's a lifna yiver on you in being machshil them and being choshed b'ksherim. So those are the possibilities of why it's us to do things that generally look bad, that would be a concern of chashad or marasayin. So there are three reasons that we might be lenient in certain circumstances. And this is all from the, from the Sefer Agyone Aparsha, from Rabbi Ari Wasserman. He points out three basic reasons that people might be making in a variety of circumstances. First of all, the Prichadash in two places in Shulchan Aruch, in Arachayim Simitav Samachalv, and Yeridea Simitav Zayin, Sivkat and Zayin, writes that Maris Ha'ayin is only Aser in the specific cases that the Gemara spoke about that calls Marisa Ayin. Meaning, Marisa Ayin is not a concept, a broad concept. Marisa Ayin are specific takanos that Chazal made in specific circumstances. This is Asamisha Marisa Ayin. Anything that it doesn't say in the Gemara is not Asamisha Marisa Ayin. Needless to say, Rov Poskim do not agree with the Prichadash and assume that Marisa Ayin is anything that will cause people to think that you're doing something wrong. Lav dafka, things that appear in Chazal. In fact, there are many examples in Rishonim where they talk about Maris Ha'ayin that are not cases that, 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 that come up in Chazal. But that's at least one sniff l'kula, the Prichadash, that it only applies to cases in Chazal. Second situation to be mekel, or reason to be mekel, in certain circumstances, the Ramah in Yordeus and Pesayans of Gimel writes that there was, uh, they used to have something called non-dairy creamer. That uh, milk that wasn't really milk, it wasn't really milk. Chalav shkedim, it was made out of almonds, it was almond milk. And uh, the Ramah writes, you're not allowed to have almond milk out on the table together with meat, because it looks like you're having milk and meat together. But, says the Ramah, if you're only having chicken, then you could have your almond meat out together with your chicken, and, uh, and have it together, and that's not a problem, because... Basar of Bechalav is only in Nisr Midrabanan. The worst anyone's going to be choshed you of doing is Nisr Drabanan. There's no Maris Ha'ayin on Nisr Drabanan. If what people are going to think you're doing wrong, even though you're doing nothing wrong, what people are going to think you're doing wrong is only in Nisr Midrabanan, then there's no problem of Maris Ha'ayin. That is the Shitas Haramah. The Shach and the Taz on the side of the Shulchan Aruch there in Yerdea 
disagree. They think that there's Maris Ha'ayin even on Dinim Drabanan, and they have Kama Vakama Rayos, many proofs to, that, uh, to, to prove that point. Now, the Raya against the Ramah, one of the Rayas against the Ramah, the Gemara in Shabbos of Samachdal and Beis, says that you're not allowed to have your animal go out with a bell on its neck on Shabbos, even if the bell is all plugged up where it's not making any noise. And the reason is because it's going to look like you're going to do Mecca Chumemkar. Mecca Chumemkar, doing business on Shabbos, is Nisr Midrabanan, and still you're not allowed to go because it's going to be Maris Ha'ayin on a Nisr Drabanan. So apparently uh, there's a, one of the riots against the Ramah that Maris Ha'ayin even applies to Nisr Drabanan. A third and perhaps the most powerful kula that we have in this sugya is based on a comment that the Rush has in the ninth parak of Maseches Klayim, in the Mishnayis of Maseches Klayim. There are certain materials, <coughs> excuse me, there are certain materials that, were je- that the Mishnah says were assumed to be Asr Mishamarasai and that they look like shotness. And the Rush comments that those big day meshi that we have nowadays. Everyone realizes that it's fake wool, it's fake linen, it's not really shotness. No one's going to think that it's shotness. It's so common that everyone already knows what it is. And this is a very powerful kula. What the Rush essentially is telling us is that Maris Ayin is not on a specific act. Maris Ayin is an issue when people will actually think you're doing something wrong. But if conditions change, where the uh, where non-dairy creamer, for example, becomes so popular that no one's getting a million years going to think it's milk, everyone realizes that it's non-dairy creamer, then it's not an issue of marasayin at all, even when you're eating meat. So if you have a certain type of baguette, so it's uh, it's not a problem at, uh, that everyone knows is not is not shotness. So then it's no longer going to be a problem marasayin, even though in the times of the Mishnah it may have been. That's what Ravad Yosef writes in Yechavadas Gimel Nuntes. Well, one of the reasons why the non- dairy creamers. That's why we're allowed to use matzah meal on Pesach. Hey, it looks like flour. How can you bake with matzah meal? But it's, everyone knows matzah meal is matzah meal. It's not flour. No one's going no to make that mistake anymore. So let's apply all this to non-kosher restaurants. So as far as the pre-chadosh is concerned, the idea that uh, it only applies to things that appear in Chazal. It doesn't say anywhere in Chazal you're not allowed to go into a non-kosher restaurant, but it's hard to rely on the pre-chadosh because rov, rov, rov haposkim are against the pre-chadosh. As far as Ramah is concerned, does that help us with a non-kosher restaurant? Ramah says that as long as people are only going to be choshed you for Nisid Rabbanon, then you're okay. Well, non-kosher restaurants have kamavakami surum daraisa that they say that you could violate when you order anything, pretty much anything in non-kosher restaurant. So it's not uh, you have nevelos and trefus and shkatim uh, and you have all sorts of uh, of isurim daraisa and isurim darabanan, but isurim daraisa also you could violate. So the Ramah is not really going to help us, even if you want to paskin like the Ramah, even if you want to go against the shachal and tazapaskin like the Ramah, it's not going to help us. As far as the third major kula, the rush, that already could be very helpful. That if every Everyone realizes it's something that's yadua lakal that a Jew who walks into McDonald's is not ordering a cheeseburger. So then it's going to be an, an obvious uh, solution to the uh, to the marasite. However, it would therefore turn out the closer the restaurant you're going into is to being kosher, the worse of a Marisayan problem it is, unless it's actually kosher. Meaning, if you're going into a, a place that, you know, some Jews, uh, I remember when I was growing up, I was a kid in the five towns, I don't think it's the minig anymore, but it used to be the minig that many uh, members of Orthodox synagogues would eat at the Sherwood Diner on, uh, on Rockaway Turnpike. Not just their kids, not just the teenagers. That the parents would eat at the, uh, the Sherwood Diner, and they would, uh, whatever, they would wrap whatever food or whatever they would do. So to go in there would be worse 
than to go into a McDonald's, because that would be taka a violation of chashad or, uh, or maris ha'ayin. Now, there are uh, two major opinions in Poskim as far as entering a kosher restaurant. One is a chuba Ramosha, a non-kosher restaurant. Ramosha has an orchayim chalfei simen mem, where he talks about ubedvarim mutol echal berestoranas, the restaurants, shemachinim sham rakma chalechal. Ramosha had an aversion to modern Hebrew, apparently. He would always just take the English word and, uh, and put it in. So he says, uh, so when people go into restaurants where they prepare only ma'achale chalav, only dairy, and it's uh, owned by Jews who are machale Shabbos. So he says, you should know that there's all sorts of isurim going on there. There's gavinos asuros, there's bishalakum, there's uh, oil from, from behemos that are asur. There's all sorts of isurim going on there. So he said, and therefore it should be asum ne'marasayin v'chashad, unless you meet the following four criteria. He gives four conditions that you need to have. Number one, he says, ach imhura'av biyoser shemitzta'er tuva. If you're really hungry, that's, that's, that's one criteria that has to be met, which is a very difficult thing to understand. What sort of uh, isidar are we ever make if you're really hungry, unless like you're going to die of hunger? Second, he says, There's nowhere else to eat. Again, a little difficult to understand. So what? So you'll skip a meal. What's the big deal? Third, he says, you have to go to a place somewhere in the back of the restaurant, Bitsina, where no one's going to see you, because probably B'makom Tsar, they weren't Kozer. And fourth, Shaloyu Mi Bachutz Makira. You have to make sure no one from the outside of the restaurant recognizes you. Very difficult to understand all of these criteria that Rav Moshe sets up, because he pretty much assumes that one can take control of a Maris Ha'ayin situation. And I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I think the, the assumption of Maris Ha'ayin is that you can't really control who sees you and keep cheshman of exactly who's watching you do what. You don't know if someone's driving by in a car and sees you. So he's assuming that you have the ability to take control of that. Very, very difficult to understand. But without those conditions, Rav Moshe says, it would be it would be Asr. Rav Moshe has a famous chuvin or Chaim Chelakal of Simon Sadivav, where someone said to Rav Moshe, someone said to Rav Moshe that uh, they 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 think it's incorrect what he does that he takes a ride to MTJ on Erev Shabbos to go for Kabbalah Shabbos because it's uh, right around Lichbenching time and sometimes even a minute or two after Lichbenching so it's really not right that Rav Moshe takes a ride in a car he was whatever ninety years old it's really not right that he takes a ride in a car to go to MTJ. And Rav Moshe Barovan Vasnuso uh, says, uh, I understand that you're, I appreciate so much that you're doing the mitzvah of and that you're giving me Musr, but here's why I think maybe what I'm doing is not against the halacha. And Rav Moshe, you should know, in all of his tshuvas, he doesn't publish the name of the person that he's writing a tshuva to if the question is an embarrassing question for the person to be asking. Rav Moshe held, apparently, that this wasn't embarrassing for the guy to be asking. For, for us, like, what kind of moron is this guy that he's like attacking Rav Moshe telling him, oh, probably Rav Moshe, what you're doing is against the halacha. And Rav Moshe publishes his name because he didn't think that there was anything wrong with what the guy did. He, you know, he was, he was saying that he was giving, he was doing a mitzvah tocha. But Rav Moshe explains the reason it's not against the halacha is because everyone knows that you have 18 minutes, you know, that it's, eight, it's still before Shkia and that a man doesn't have to be Makabal Shabbos the second his wife lights, uh, lights candles. But he says, I'm going to try to stay away from it. Why is it taka mutter? Rav Moshe says, because everyone knows. And most of the time when people do it, it's done in a, in a way that's mutter. But most of the time when you go into a non-kosher restaurant, when people go into a non-kosher restaurant, it's not done in a way that's mutter. So Moshe thinks that it's problematic unless you meet these four criteria. Rav Asher Weiss in the tshuva 
disagrees. And he says, first of all, we could rely perhaps on the pre-Chadash, at least as a sniff lahakel. It never says in Chazal not to go into non-kosher restaurant. And more importantly, he says, like the Russian claim, everyone knows nowadays that when a Jew is in a non-kosher restaurant, he's just there for business or to use the bathroom or something like that. Obviously, if we're a restaurant with a bad ashkacha, then that would be a lot worse because then not everyone would know. It's important to note that Rav Moshe's Tshuva was written in the year Tafshin Yud Tes. So it could be that Bismanen Rav Moshe would agree, based on the Russian claim and based on the Minag, that everyone goes for business meetings at non-kosher restaurants that would be mutter. Once you're in a non-kosher restaurant, this isn't the topic for today, but just to quickly mention, there are a whole host of issues that come up if you plan on eating there when you're in a non-kosher restaurant. But very often, someone will say, okay, I'll just order a fruit plate. So you have to, first of all, make sure that it's just fruit, that it's simply cut up fruit, and they're not adding any dressing or any grape juice or anything into it, because fruit salads, very often, to make them taste good, they'll, they'll, to make them sweeter, they'll add extra ingredients. So first of all, you have to make sure it's just cut fruit. Then you have to question whether you could assume that the knife that they cut the fruit with was a kosher knife and was a clean knife. In, uh, you know, you may be able to assume that in a place that, uh, like a fruit store, where all they cut is fruit, but in a place in the kitchen of a restaurant, it's pretty busy and there's a lot of things going on. Sometimes just grab a knife that was just cutting meat and they might cut fruit. You also have to be concerned, even if it was a clean knife, if they're cutting a davar charif, if they're cutting something very sharp, it could still be a kosher's problem, even if it's cold, if they're cutting a lemon or something like that with the, uh, with the knife. And then if a person gets food delivered to him for this, from, from a kosher restaurant to that restaurant, you need to make sure that it's still in its packaging, or that at least you have a tviyasayin on the food from before. You have to make sure that it was warmed in a way that it was covered properly, so that uh, it didn't become tray from the oven. And then you have an additional problem, when you're going to eat in a non-kosher restaurant, a lot of times people go without a yarmulke on their head, so you have to make a bracha on all the food that you eat, you're not allowed to make a bracha without a yarmulke. Now it's interesting, the Mishabura writes that if you don't have a yarmulke, let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and you really need a drink and you don't have a yarmulke, Mishbura says then you could rely on using your hand. Normally we try not to use our hand, but b'shashat you're allowed to. What's a shashat chak? Says Mishbur, you wake up in the middle of the night, that's called a shashat chak. That you can't find the yarmulke, so you put your hand on your head, that's, that's enough of a shashat. I don't know why you can't just use your cover. So, but he says that, that's called a, uh, a shashat chak. So probably this, this might be a shashat chak to be able to use your hand, but one does have to say a bracha on any foods that he eats in a, in a, in a non-kosher restaurant, or anywhere for that matter, as well. Okay. Uh,